Hello and welcome to the Like I Care podcast with me, Soph Beresford. Talking about female sexual pleasure has been taboo for far too long. I know too many women putting up with average sexual experiences and not feeling confident enough to express what they want or explore what works for them in the bedroom, whether that's with somebody else or on their own. With the help of Portia, I hope to change that through this podcast episode. Portia is a sex coach from Brooklyn in New York who helps women become more present and find their power through pleasure. Her expansive sex coaching methods employ mindfulness and ritual to help women reconnect and discover deep sexual pleasure. This was a really fun and insightful episode to record and I hope you get as much out of it as I did. Warning to those who are sensitive to swearing, they make quite an appearance in this podcast episode, so if you're offended by that kind of language, maybe give this one a swerve. Right, let's crack on, shall we? I'm so excited for today's podcast because this is a topic I wanted to talk about for ages. I don't think there's enough out there for us women to be able to talk about this and really um, sort of deep dive into this conversation. So I'm delighted to have Portia here today. How are you, Portia? I'm fabulous. Thank you for having me. How are you? Absolute pleasure. I'm very good. Great. Which is nice. Even though the heat wave, the heat wave has been and gone, which for us in England it never happens. So when it does, it's always for only a couple of days. I'll still be pale as anything for the rest of summer, but that's what fake tan's for. So exactly. God bless. Yeah, we had a few um, weeks here on summer, so I'm glad that that's done. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Um, as before we get into, you know, the topic of female sexual pleasure, I ask people every time they come on the podcast just as a bit of a lighthearted feature, what do they not care about? So over to you. What do you not care about? I do not care about Pilates. I don't know about where you are, but in the United States, there's this huge wave of people joining Pilates again and Pilates studios opening. I think it's going to be a fad, a fitness fad. Um, I don't find it to be particularly fun or interesting. I've only ever taken one class. And yeah, I think in six months to a year, no one else will care about Pilates again. That is, that is a very good one. I personally don't do Pilates, so that really resonates with me. But also, um, I felt the same about hot yoga. Mm. I do yoga to relax, and I find it, it's really good for mindfulness. I do not want, no, nothing suggests that it's going to be relaxing when you are sweating. I mean, I hate sweating anyway. I find it really uncomfortable, but combining those those two things for me should not sit side by side. So if anybody else enjoys it, great for you. But yeah, I feel very much the same about hot yoga. And I do think that might be, have been a fad because I don't know anybody else that's doing hot yoga now. So I'm with you on yeah, that I, one. I totally get that. I do hot yoga off and on. It didn't stick because it's you're sliding all over the mat. It's just not great. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, not sorry. And I just love the moment in uh, yoga where you get to lie down and there's not a lot of dying down in, in hot yoga. Yes. So, um, yeah, not a lot of that was featuring in hot yoga that I tried. So not for me either. <laughs> I totally understand. So I, I get you. 
so I suppose first things first, given the, the topic that we're talking about, what led you to want to become a um, sex coach? It's, you know, I used to say it was an accident, but now looking back on my life and the way that I have behaved and the things I've been interested in since I was a teenager, I realized that it was not an accident. So long story short, as a child, I never got the sex talk from my mother, but she did share some books with me that helped me understand. This was when I was maybe 11 or 12, right before I started my period. She gave me some books to help me understand all of the things that were happening in my body, puberty and such, and a little bit about sex. And so this created an association with me that this was something I was to teach myself and read about. And like my mom was never going to talk to me about it. All that your parents sitting down on your bed and telling you about the birds and the bees was like bullshit TV to me. And so I proceeded to spend a lot of my teenage years reading every book in my local public library about sex and intimacy, including some that were like not exactly age appropriate and that I couldn't even check out because I was so young. Um, but I just was like very curious about what was happening within my body, what might happen when I started to have sex. And at the same time, I was growing up in a very conservative Christian Midwestern Black family where sex was completely taboo. So I was gaining all of this knowledge kind of in secret and then like going to church and hearing that any kind of sexual desire I had was bad. Fast forward to college and I'm studying journalism and I started having sex and I came out as queer and I started having sex with women and I started volunteering on my campus, helping educating people on consent, how to use contraceptives properly, where they could get STI testing, et cetera, et cetera. So it was kind of like a side passion to my like actual career all this time. Um, I graduate, I move to New York, I start working as a journalist, I figure out that's not the life for me, and as I'm sort of searching for what's next, my partner said, you know, you're always reading about sex, you're always talking about sex and intimacy and relationships and like shoving podcast episodes down my throat, like why don't you do something with that? And of course my brain goes completely blank because to my knowledge, I'm like, I don't want to go back to school or do something do do something too drastic to pivot my career in order to do that. Um, and so instead I said, well, this could be maybe like a side thing while I get a real job. So I started an Instagram account where I was sharing my sexual experiences, sharing myth-busting content about sex, and just starting conversations online about sexuality. And fast forward a few months in and my account has gained some traction. And I'm like, wow, people actually care about this. This is really interesting. And so I keep going and eventually people are DMing me with their questions and I'm responding. And eventually I'm like, I can't fucking DM people all day. I need to start taking calls with people. And then I started charging them for calls. And this whole thing just sort of snowballed out of me continually saying yes. <laughs> and throw in a pandemic where I'm home all the time and I have nothing to do but research how to become a sex coach. And here we are two years later and I'm in a position that I didn't plan to be in, but I'm really glad that I am. Yeah, and I think that people only have to look at your Instagram 
account to see you know how much of a following you've got and how what you're talking about talking about really resonates with a lot of of people and I think that it's really good that accounts like yours exist because I I mean I obviously can't comment about what it was like for other people but sex is one of those things that I think you pick up a lot through sort of like the movies and tv programs and how realistic is that Mm -hmm. and it is a difficult conversation I appreciate for parents to have as you you know commented on in in your personal situation and there's other people will be in the same situation where they've had to learn from themselves so to be able to speak to somebody like yourself um about that I think is is really really valuable and it's so great that that exists because and this is was what I was going to ask next is there is still so much taboo around women enjoying sex and being able to ask for what you want and all those sorts of things and do you find that that is still very much a taboo topic and that people come to you saying that they've never actually had that conversation with anybody? Oh, absolutely. I, all of the time I hear people say to me, this is the first time I've ever told anyone this, but, or I've been way too afraid to talk to my partner about this, or I can't even really be honest with my friends about the things I'm experiencing or my desires. And people are always like, why do I feel so much guilt and shame just around talking about sex and intimacy, particularly women, but everyone has this. And the long answer or the big answer to why it persists, why it continues to be such a taboo topic is that we still live under various systems of oppression that make it so. We still live in a patriarchal society. We still live in an anti-Black society. We still live in a hyper-capitalistic society. And all of those things make a perfect cocktail for sexuality and sexual liberation to be taboo to even speak about because in a patriarchal society women don't have desires (laughs) in a patriarchal society queer people don't exist right in a patriarchal society none of those people can have a voice in a capitalist society we have to focus on being productive not slowing down enough to actually experience authentic pleasure we have to know how to do things without even being fucking taught how to do them because our value is contingent on our ability to produce and create and be good at shit and all of those things as well as other you know micro conversations under those umbrellas create this space where it feels like we can't talk about sex for fear that we're going to be shut out or shut down by our partners or shamed for even having desires do you think, this, this sounds like a bit of a leading question, but do you think that porn also has a big impact on female sexual pleasure? Yeah, because porn is created, mainstream porn is created for the male gaze. It's made to be what cis hetero men want to see, which is good for them. That's great that you have access to that but it can be quite terrible for women and it can be downright um, harmful to women. And especially if you're queer or you identify as trans or anything outside of what society deems normal or the status quo. Porn is harmful for women because we watch it and we say, that's how I'm supposed to look and sound and act in that position. That's supposed to feel good. 
and it does not actually represent or center the things that actually work for people with vulvas bodies or for women's bodies. It does not represent what we actually desire and what actual sex actually even looks like. There's not a lot of consent. There's no conversation. There's no cellulite or wrinkles. There's no weird sounds. There's not too much fluid. <laughs> you know, it's very, for the most part, neat and tidy kind of sex. And it doesn't represent what sex actually looks like. I am pro-porn fully. I love all types of porn. I always have. It's been a great tool for me to use and help me tap into my sexuality. And I think that's true for a lot of people. And we have to have the conversation about the fact that porn is not sex. <laughs> and sex is not porn. Porn is a fantasy. It's like going to the movie and watching to the movies and watching um, Jurassic Park. That's cool and it's entertaining and it's great. But dinosaurs are not walking the earth and it's not real. Like women You'll be really not... disappointed if you go to the zoo yeah. expecting a dinosaur. <laughs> exactly. And you'll be really disappointed if you enter a this heterosexual relationship expecting to be able to orgasm from penetration alone or expecting to orgasm 45 times in two minutes without any clitoral stimulation or you know the list goes on it's the same thing it's like this is a, this is a fantasy we can use it for our entertainment we can use it to help us tap into our sexuality but it's in no way meant to represent real sex no and i I've definitely had more than, probably more than five, actually, I was gonna say more than one, but more than five conversations. You know, when you're in those kind of like girlfriend environments where you're all chatting away about various sexual experiences you've had. And the amount of times that we've commented on the fact that we've slept with somebody who clearly thinks that they're in a porno oh and God. we've got nothing out of it. And you walk away going, I got nothing out of it. And, and even from those conversations, I've realized, I think trying to be more of a mindful sort of listener, that the amount of times that we seem to be more concerned about them having a good time and them walking away going they were good in bed as opposed to I enjoyed myself that happens far too often like far too often and, I, and I've definitely done that more than sadly twice but it's it's really tragic because you know most of the time they're getting what they want and they're walking away I'm talking about that in kind of like a heterosexual sort of a cis heterosexual relationship sense but you do it's it's very hard I think as as a woman to not fall into that trap of I am here to do a good job mm -hmm. you know yeah I don't something that I talk about frequently and I did not come up with this terminology but I can't remember the name of the person who did so forgive me but I just know I didn't come up with this but there's a script that we've all gotten when it comes to how we're supposed to show up in sex based on your body type, your race, your gender, your sexual orientation, there is a role sort of carved out for you in terms of how you're supposed to show up and what you can expect to receive in those situations. And the bare, at the bare bones of it, men are supposed to have a great time and women are supposed to make sure that that happens. Like that's your role, that's your job. You're not supposed to, There, I've met so many women who aren't even sure if the female orgasm is real because they haven't had one and no one around them has. They have no way of confirming that it's real. And if you're listening and that's you, please don't feel ashamed. I'm just here to tell you that it is fucking real. And I'm sorry that you live in a world that's made you believe that it is questionable. 
But anyways, <laughs> yeah, we're not supposed to get anything out of it. In a perfect patriarchal society, patriarchy's wet dream is for women to be a masturbatory apparatus for men and nothing else during sex. And that's not all men and god i hate that term it's not every man walking this planet and when i talk about patriarchy i'm not talking about individual men it's a system that we all uphold i'm talking about the ideas that influence the way we move whether it is known to us and we're completely aware of it or if it is subliminal and most of the time it is subliminal so i just felt the need to say that but that's not uncommon to go into a sexual situation as a cis woman with a cis man and me feeling like, wow, that did nothing for me. And he's grinning into ear to ear and feels like king of the world. What the fuck, right? That's not abnormal. And in fact, that's the way under these systems shit is supposed to go. There was, um, I don't know if it was a UK one or if it was an American one, but anyway, there was a, there was a video on social media that that sort of went viral and it was about asking men to point out where the clitoris is and they were all messing it up and I was like there is no hope there is just no hope and it all it's all starting to make sense it's all starting Mm -hmm. to make sense because they think it's just penetration and that is all and it's like there are two things we're supposed to be doing here and sometimes it's not even actually two some people just like one or the other but yeah I was like no and I mean once again we live it's the system we live under it's the the information that is we're exposed to through media through all sorts of institutions through our schools through our families and everyone knows what a penis looks like not everybody knows what the full anatomy of a clitoris looks like and that's mostly because the full anatomy of the clitoris wasn't discovered until the early 1990s this is a whole organ or whole yeah, a whole organ inside of the female body that we didn't even bother to look for or discover until the early 1990s. Um, and therefore we don't know where it is. But anatomically, the clitoris is in the same spot as the penis. It's like a little penis. It's in the same, it's the exact same placement. How people look at a vulva and don't see it, I don't know. <laughs> it's wild to me. It baffles me. It really does. But the more we have these conversations, the more people will be more inclined to educate themselves and ask their partner where is your clitoris i don't see it there's no shame in asking that question or i'm not sure is this it does this feel good is this how you like it to be touched yeah absolutely now you might feel like we've sort of answered this already but um in terms of like your clients do you find that there are certain themes that sort of transpire when it comes to what's preventing them from reaching that level of pleasure that they're obviously looking for? Oh, of course. I would say, so just for clarity, I work primarily with cis women. I do also work with some non-binary people, but with the clients that I work with, the overarching theme is this question of, well, why don't I feel present during sex? Or why can't I feel present during sex? I feel like there's always a point where I get distracted or my brain gets pulled away and I can't focus or there's not enough sensation happening. I'm not able to orgasm with my partner like I can by myself. What's going on? And if there's this mind-body disconnect that seems to be happening with a lot of people, myself included, I've been there and sometimes I am there, right? Um, just based, depending on what's happening in my life and my ability to focus, but 
that is the primary thing I would say people are coming up against as well as, or sometimes in tandem with shame, feelings of guilt, not feeling worthy of asking for what they want, feeling like what they want is too much and their partners will be turned off by their desires. Um, and all these things sort of go together. When it comes to feeling distracted, quite often people are thinking about, well, I wish I could ask them to do this, but I'm too scared. Or they're thinking about chores they need to do, an email they need to send their boss, so on and so forth. They just are so understimulated because they're not able to communicate with their partner what they actually want. They're kind of just hanging out, waiting for it to be over. Instead of saying, hey, this is actually what would make this really exciting for me, right? I compare it to, I often compare the sex that I used to have or the sex that my clients currently have to if somebody was really enthusiastic about making Italian food for you and you hate pasta, right? You keep having pasta over and over again and like, yeah, it's edible, it's not harming you and it's making the other person happy to like, eat it with you and share it with you and make it for you, but it's not what you want. You want tacos. You love tacos. You crave tacos. You would die for tacos, but you're too afraid to ask for tacos, right? We have to start asking for tacos in our relationships and our sex lives because if the other person thinks you love pasta or they think you love lots of penetration or no clitoral stimulation or no oral sex with only this one position or a certain type of I don't know, dirty talk that you don't enjoy it. And you don't want any of that. What you want is lots of oral sex. You want to bring toys into the bedroom. You want to be very stimulated. You want to get a massage. I had a client once who said, I feel like I want a massage like for 10 minutes every time before I have sex, but I feel like it's too much. I said, the hell is too much. If that's what you need to feel more in your body, ask your husband or your partner Whoever you're with, listen, if you want to have sex with me, a great way to initiate that is to give me a 15 minute back rub so I can relax and be present with you, right? Um, so those are the two things that feel like themes and things that people are dealing with, this feeling of not being present and not feeling worthy of asking for what they actually want. Yeah, and as you say, it, it should be a pleasure, not a chore. And I think that I've certainly been in scenarios in the past where it has been one of those, it reminds me a little bit of um, in Sex and the City. And I know Sex and the City has had a bit of beef, you know, over this kind of like the last 12 months or whatever. So sorry to bring up Sex and the City. Um, but when Miranda and Steve are having sex and she says, let's just get it over with. I've definitely been in those scenarios where I'm like, this is so not about me. And I just feel like I'm doing it because it's something you have to do in a relationship. And I just want to get it over and done with. Because I have been in that scenario where I haven't felt confident to be able to put across what I want out of fear of them being like mm, I don't want to do that or you know having some sort of rejection in that sense nobody likes rejection in in any form so yeah it is a it's a real shame that people are struggling with that and they don't feel that they've got the confidence or I suppose the safe space to be able to to say that which I appreciate in some scenarios for example one night stands that it that's another layer of you don't know who this person is you've met them most likely that evening how are they gonna know what what you right. like and being you know feeling comfortable to be able to kind of express what you want um I appreciate would be really difficult but hopefully people feel much you know much more sort of different in their uh relationships otherwise a few questions to be had so more and more 
people seem to be talking about sex toys and I seem to see it more on like social media etc more than and I don't know if it's an age thing because I'm 29 now and you know understandably I probably wouldn't have seen it when I was like 40 <laughs> that's pretty obvious but it does feel like the past couple of years uh whether because we were spending more time at home who knows but it seems to feature a lot more and people seem to be talking about it a lot more people seem to be open to talking about it a lot more is if somebody listening is you know interested in using sex toys they don't have got no idea where to start what would your advice be ah I love this question yeah we definitely did see an increase in 2020 in the purchase of sex toys because a lot more people were at home and by themselves and have some time on their hands. So they purchased one, which is great. I'm very pro sex toy. I think everyone should try it at least once or some form. And there are so many sex toys out there that there is something for everyone. And the number of things that are available can make it very overwhelming to select what's going to work for you and what's going to actually make you feel good. So I would encourage you to think about, well, the, the easiest way to accomplish this, I would say, if you're feeling brave enough, go into a reputed, reputable adult toy store and talk to the person there. And they should be extremely knowledgeable about their, their um, what's the word I want to use? They should be extremely knowledgeable about the items that they have if you're able to tell them what kind of sensation you're looking for, what kind of material you would like, if you want to use them with a partner or by yourself, if you want what part of the body you want to use it on, those sorts of things, they should be able to help you narrow down a sex toy. Another thing you want to think about if you're not brave enough to go into a store is Picking out something that's going to be high quality, but still in your budget, you can get a quality sex toy at any, any price range. I would say start with a bullet vibe. Those are available almost everywhere and they can be, I don't know, 20 US dollars or so on up to whatever amount you would like to pay. Um, but think about how you can keep it simple. Use a toy that's introductorily inter introductory level my goodness I haven't been speaking on this I'm stumbling all over my words but and seek out professional support if this is your very first time buying one the last thing you want to do is spend $150 on a giant wand which are great toys but not always for everyone and then you take it home and you realize it's too powerful or it's too big or it doesn't work for the way that you would like to use it so put some thought into where you want to use it if you want a toy that is battery operated or if you want something that is not and if you want to use it by yourself or with a partner yeah so it's a bit of research rather than just turning up and going I'll have one please you've actually got to think about what you what you want which seems really obvious you know like I'm one for a shopping list when I go to the supermarket you know I like to plan in advance so that does I think make it slightly less overwhelming um and certainly something that I personally take on board because uh, I have no shame in saying I was looking the other day, started browsing and went, yeah, I really need to think about what I want first because my God, this is overwhelming if you don't know what you're looking for. Yeah, and read, there's so many YouTube reviews. So if you find one that you feel you're going to like, type the name of it into YouTube, type the name of it into Google, read a review, read an expert blogger. There's so many sex toy bloggers out there. Read what they have to say about it. 
and for God's sake, there's so many rechargeable ones. Don't buy anything with batteries. That's my golden standard for myself. Anything that I have to buy batteries for, I'm not using. I will, will only buy something that is rechargeable because that's a good way to detect if you're going to have a high quality product or not. Great. That's really helpful advice. Why, in terms of having a relationship and trying to get the most out of your sexual relationship with your partner, how do you think people can sort of increase their confidence when it comes to asking their partner what they want? I know that's a, that's quite a big question, but what are some of like the easiest ways for people to start that conversation, do you think? Yes. Okay. So I always say you get to determine what is normal in your relationship. And if having sex and never talking about it works for you, great. But the majority of people who want to have great sex need to talk about it and it can be intimidating. So the advice I always give people is if you're going to offer up a critique or ask, ask your partner something, always start with an affirmation. Tell them something that you love about them or the sex you're currently having. Then share with them whatever your ask is, whatever way you want to improve your, your intimacy or offer a critique of whatever it is that they're doing that you want them to do differently or stop doing entirely. And then lastly, open up the door for them to also do the same for you and keep that conversation going, keep that back and forth going and also allow your partner to ask, questions. Don't be put off if they don't respond the way that you think they should or you want them to, especially if this is brand new, especially if you've like never really had a conversation about sex before. They're allowed to react. They're allowed to react, I guess I will say. And as you have more conversations about sex and intimacy, the better the conversations will go, especially if you are having a very healthy, supportive, mature relationship. You should be able to talk about these things and you should be able to acknowledge, you know, this is awkward. This is weird. We've been together for two years and we've never really talked about sex. I want to start talking about it and I'm going to push through the awkwardness with you. Are you willing to do that with me? Right? So again, I always call it a compliment, compliment sandwich, which is not a, uh, an original idea or name. This comes from a lot of leadership models but if you're talking to your partner about sex you can use it give them an affirmation give them a critique give them another affirmation let them ask questions simple as that keep it to one question critique at a time so that you don't overload or overwhelm them and allow them to also share how they're feeling their responses their reactions and their questions i think it's hard for a lot of us to get feedback regardless of the subject you know whether it's work related whether it's friendship like whatever it is it's it's hard to get feedback in any scenario so understandably some people might not they might the cut through for them might be that all they can hear is I'm not very good at this and you sometimes just need people to reflect don't you and just take away that's not what you were saying you were just trying to put across what you think would work better for you and I think that sometimes people just need to kind of like walk away digest what's been said don't they and then come back but I think that that's a really good as you say a compliment sandwich which is something I might use in many aspects of my life going forward it's a great way to get people to hear you because you hook not hook them but you bring them in letting them know like listen I really love you I love this thing that we do together I really enjoy the sex that we're having and I think it could be better if we incorporated more control simulation I find that when I'm by myself that's what helps me get off 
and I really like having sex with you and I want to be able to have more orgasms with you. I think you would enjoy it and I know I would too. Do you have any questions, babe? What do you think? That's a yep. very short version, but something no, like No, I that. like it. Short but sweet always works because you can remember it as well. You know, the last yeah. thing when you're having these big conversations or what you feel is a big conversation, I should say, overcomplicating it is the worst thing to do because then you stumble over your words and then it gets, well, you know, you build it up in your head, whereas actually you just need to keep it simple, don't you? And Absolutely. most of the time, I think we build these things up in, in our heads and we expect them to answer in a certain way. And a lot of the time they really don't. So unless you kind of explore that conversation, you'll never know, will you? Right, exactly. So given what we've just discussed in terms of having that conversation with your partner, how do you get it started? I'm now thinking about it from the other side. So say that you're the partner, what do you think you could do if that conversation occurs? And also, is there anything that a partner can do if their other half sort of explains that they want to increase their sexual pleasure? Like, how do you respond? Yeah, I think the best way to respond is listening. And I don't ever want to encourage anyone to suppress their feelings. So feel how you feel. And also be aware that you probably have a lot of internalized beliefs that are making you feel inadequate. Those are for you to deal with. Those are your feelings. And you can share them with your partner. But it's not necessarily their job to process them or like make you feel better. They can hold space for you and whatever. But your reaction is your responsibility to sort through and figure out what you need in return. I think the best thing you can do if a partner makes a brave step like finally asking for what they want is make more space for them to do that. Make it more accessible for them to do that. Initiate more conversations where the, that sort of thing can happen. Help them in normalizing talking about sex and resource yourself, equip yourself with knowledge so that you can enter these conversations with the language you need so that it can be an effective one. Listening to podcasts like this, reading books, finding YouTube channels, finding Instagram accounts, uh, finding subreddit communities, whatever it is, right? Do whatever it is that you need to do to become more articulate in talking about sex. The hard thing about all of this is communication, whether it's about sex or anything else in a relationship is not taught to us. We're not taught how to be effective communicators at all. And in fact, I used to hold the belief, and I don't know if this is true for you or anyone listening, but I used to hold the belief that my partner was just supposed to know what I wanted. I used to hold the belief that my partner, like a sign of a true soulmate is someone who's just gonna know whether it's sex or anything else. And that's just not true. No one can read your mind. Nobody lives inside your body. And the only way to have a healthy sexual relationship with someone is to communicate and listen when they communicate. So equip yourself with the skills to be able to have those conversations. It's not something you're supposed to just know how to do. Again, I compare learning about sex and learning these skills when it comes to relationships to learning about finances, learning how to cook, learning how to build a bookshelf, right? You're going to go to YouTube and watch somebody talk about it. You're going to buy a book. You might call up an expert and see if they can help you and give you an hour of their time, right? It's not something that you're just born into knowing, especially in a society that actively suppresses the conversation. Yeah. And I, again, I sort of touched on this at the beginning, but 
I think movies and TV programs, etc., have a lot to well, they, they are responsible for a lot of the expectations that we put on ourselves. You know, you see a scene and it's like these two passionate people coming together and it's straight away they do a fantastic <laughs> job for the other person. It's like, yeah, that can happen, but it tends to be the exception, not the rule. And I think that sets yeah. us up, as you say, for this idea of, yeah, but if you're soulmates, then you should know exactly what the other per- person wants in an instant. It's like, well, what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for the other person and that feels like a really obvious thing to say to the people listening but it's true it's we can't expect that you know some some people like to be kissed a certain way than others you know it it feels really obvious to say that but it's the truth so we shouldn't put those expectations on other people when it comes to having those sexual experiences I think a lot as an adult about the messaging I received from the television shows I was watching as a child in in my early 20s. And I remember distinctly, especially in like late 90s sitcoms like Friends and Seinfeld and uh, all those other shows, even Sex and the City, there was this obsession with being good in bed. And I used to think to myself, what the heck is that? How do I learn to be that? As if there were a, a set of skills that can make you magically good with every person that you engage with. And if there is a skill that will make you good in bed with everyone you engage with, it is being an effective communicator in bed. But there's nothing else. There's no tricks, no moves, no move, no special toys that are gonna make you good with anyone in bed. So you're absolutely right. TV has a lot to do with our perception of what it means to have, not only have a healthy and happy sex life, but like, what are the steps, what are the steps we need to take in order to even get there? Yeah, definitely. So if anybody listening, to finish us off, no pun intended, don't know why that just came out. <laughs> I just walked and I hate puns. Um, if, if anybody listening is thinking wow this has been really inspiring which of course they will and I want to get more pleasure more sexual pleasure whether that's by themselves or with somebody or a number of people you never know Mm -hmm. where would you suggest they start you kind of touched on it a little bit previously but like where can people start on this journey yeah so the most important thing is to start And if you're looking for a direction, I'll reiterate what I've already said. The first thing, especially in partnered situations, is to communicate. The second thing I would say is to slow down. The vast majority of us are not even getting to arousal because we are moving through sex too quickly. So let me break down what I mean when I say that. A word, some words that we often use interchangeably are desire and arousal. Desire is the wanting, the mental idea of like, sex would be cool. I would do that tonight when I get home. Arousal is your body's physiological response. So your body, if you have a penis, a physiological response is getting an erection. If you have a vulva, it might be lubricating or your nipples getting hard or like that warm sort of flushed feeling that you have when you're aroused, right? A lot of us aren't even getting to the physiological response stage because we are rushing through it. So slow down, slow down. 
Um, and then the last thing I'll say, underrated sex tip, breathe. So many of us are like clenching and tensing up or not breathing deeply enough to feel fully present in the body. Your breath is the lighthouse to the present moment. Anyone who does it yoga or meditation and you've learned to sync your body, your breath up with your body's movement, you know that. Try to employ that during sex, right? So communicate, that'll change everything, I promise you. If you'd spend six months and you say, I'm gonna dedicate my time to communicating better in my relationship, in six months, you will be having better sex or you will break up. <laughs> One of the two things are going to happen, right? Hopefully the former, not the latter. Slow down, take more time, use more foreplay, go slower, spend more time kissing. We, especially if you're in a long-term relationship, we have sort of these benchmarks, these norms of how long we spend doing this and then this and then that. Switch it up, slow it down. And lastly, breathe especially if you are having solo sex, breathing is a great way to not only be more present in your body, but be more present to the sensations that are happening. And then you can tell your partner about it. You can say, yo, I slowed down and I masturbated for longer than I normally did. I started deep breathing and I had a really explosive orgasm or I was able to have multiple orgasms or whatever. I was whatever the truth is for you, right? But those are my top three ways I would say to almost instantly experience more pleasure well thank you very 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 much for your time I feel really energized after this conversation so thank you very much and I think there's a lot of people that are going to walk away and be like I feel empowered or I feel a little bit more confident approaching this with my partner or just exploring it themselves so thank you very much if people want to follow you or they want to get in touch because maybe they're interested in working with you how do they do that yeah, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I love this conversation. Thank you for bringing such insightful questions to this episode. If people want to get in touch with me, I am um, present pretty much on every social media platform as at the Portia Brown. I'm most active on Instagram. I'm pretty much on Instagram every day. So you can find more of my um, work there and you can find out how to work with me there. I also have a website that contains a small blog. It is at, um, it is com. And Portia is spelled P-O-R-T-I-A, um, the Shakespearean way. And yeah, I do offer one-on-one coaching. I offer group coaching. So if you want to learn more, pop over to my Instagram or my website. Fantastic. And I'm sure you will get some traction after this because it's, as I say, for me, it's been really insightful. And I know my listeners and there's going to be definitely a few who will tune into this probably secretly because I'll be like oh I can't listen to this you know nobody can know I can listen but hopefully we'll have changed their <laughs> mind on that front and there'll be there'll be books everywhere you know they'll be having a great time after this. So. this I hope so I hope so that's all I want to create for the world you'll just get dm saying thank you in capital letters <laughs> that, job will we do. that would be great that would make me so happy well thank you so much again and to anybody listening please do subscribe so you know when the next episode is out. 